we're going to talk about discovering your spiritual gifts. For how, how many of you, this is probably the first time you've ever really heard about spiritual gifts. There's no shame in the game. That's all right. Yeah, this is, if it's new to you, this is perfect. If you kind of know what this is all about, this is just to empower that already, what you already know. So I'm going to um, go ahead and say another prayer, just covering this message, and then we'll, we'll start talking about our spiritual gifts today. So, Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this time to reveal um, to ourselves, God, learn what you have put in us as spiritual gifts. Lord, we just thank you that you designed us with intention, that you designed us on purpose. And Lord, we just say that we are yours. And so we ask that today that as I speak, Lord God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. And Lord, may we learn from you, our Lord and our Redeemer. Amen. Okay, who loves gifts? I love gifts. Yes, we all love gifts, right? Gifts are amazing to receive, whether it's your birthday, whether it's um, a Christmas present, or a random gift. Sometimes random gifts are the best because it kind of says, hey, I was thinking about you, you know? I love that, and this reminded me of you. Now, sometimes somebody might give you a gift and you go, this reminds me, you and me? And there's times that go, oh my gosh, because you know what's interesting about presents? Presents, when, we're, when we give them to someone, it almost makes us feel known. Because oftentimes we give presents that say, I know about you. And that this gift speaks about who you are. And, and that's amazing to me that that has been something that God has put in us with just even with one another. That, you know, when you open up a Christmas present and it's the one thing that you have wanted, and maybe you dropped the 20 hints to your loved one, but they got it, okay? And so you were like, man, I really like that beautiful necklace, you know, or, or whatever it may be. Um, or sometimes it's something that you might have said in, in passing, went, man, that would be really neat. And, and someone gives you that gift. There's something about receiving that gift that it's, it's that moment of receiving. I think that's why we love it. It's because we feel known. I think it's just, it's a, a part of going, man, I feel so known right now. I feel so loved. And often, too, when we don't receive a present, we feel rejected personally, right? It's like someone didn't even give me a present, you know? Um, it, there's, it's an amazing how the offense rises up in our hearts because it feels not just like a rejection of, of that. It's a rejection of self, it almost feels like. And, and I thought it's amazing that our God is a giver of gifts. And I thought he has given us so many gifts um, and we also know that we need to be thankful for those gifts. How many times have you given a present that cost you so much and to be returned with no gratitude? And it crushes your heart because the sacrifice that you made to give to that person, it, it, it really was out there. And so I want us to not only be aware of the gifts, because so, sometimes we're not aware as Christians of the gifts God has given us overall. And so therefore, we don't even know what to be sometimes thankful for. But God has given us all kinds of gifts. So we're going to go into our spiritual gifts. But first, I wanted to talk about the other gifts God has given us. Um, I was thinking about this fact. An American Express survey about Christmas gifts found that fruitcake was chosen most often by 31%. From a list of worst holiday gifts. <laughs> it even finished ahead, it finished ahead of no gift at all. Um, <laughs> when asked how to dispose of a bad gift, 30% said they would hide it in a closet, 21% said they would return it, and 19% said they would give it away. 
This suggests that Christmas fruitcake might be, get recycled as a gift for the host of a Christmas New Year's party. So, um, so I thought it's amazing that even whether choosing whether to give a gift or not, we choose to give a gift, even if it's fruitcake. You know, I thought it's there's something about our, that God has made us in the image of himself to give a gift, even if it's above giving no gift at all. And so this says to me that this is God's intention. God loves to give gifts. So James 1.17 states, Every good and every perfect gift is from above, coming down the Father of lights, of whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. You know what I love about that verse? It talks about how not only does he give good and perfect gifts coming from the Father, but it talks about how there's no variation or that there is, um, there is no shadow due to change. So this shows us a couple things, that every good gift is good. You're right. So every gift he gives is good. So that means it's for, for our benefit. Um, the fact that there is no variation proves that every time he gives, his motivation is the same. And I love that because if, if every intent of his gift to us is the same, there's no variation, we know that he has the same intention every time he gives the gift. And so we never have to doubt that. So we know it is good, it is for you, and it is from him. So the first gift that God gives us, this is by far the greatest gift, is salvation. This is the greatest gift God could give. It's the one that costs him the uttermost. Um, not a gift that we deserve, but it's a free gift that came at his cost. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Even though this gift is free, it came at his cost, and it comes at a cost for us. It comes at a cost for us to take up our cross and follow after him, to lay down our own lives as he laid down his life on the cross, and to say, I will follow you all the way. The refusal of this gift means that man will receive the wages of sin. He will, um, it means it's a man's choice to continue in the transgression of Adam or to receive the gift of salvation that comes through belief in Jesus and him redeeming our sins and the transgressions of Adam on the cross. For us all, this is the first gift that we receive from God. We all are given this gift first. And in fact, we can't receive the other gifts unless we receive this first gift. We have become new creations when we take into this gift. We are taken from death into life. We are back to the original design God intended before Adam and Eve sinned. It is the gift that redeems the garden and says, This was my heart's desire for you and mankind when I created man. We get a divine do-over that is the most incredible gift that God can give. Our sins are erased. Our infirmities are upon his body. And we know that we may die. But we will be eternally with our God, restored to the relationship of wholehearted devotion to him. Salvation is truly the greatest gift that God gives to us. The second gift that God gives to us is the Holy Spirit. Not only do we receive Christ as Lord, he then promises the third person of the Trinity to fill us, to reign in us, to help us. So what does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit, the helper, whom the this is in John, I believe John 16, um, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. So he reminds us of the word and he teaches us. It says um, as well that however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will glorify me and take 
of what is mine and declare it to you. So he teaches us the truth. He guides us into all truth. John 16, 8, it says, And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and the covenant judgment. So he convicts us. He leads us into all righteousness. And he reveals the things that are coming when it comes to judgment. Um, but I love, but how do we know when he is also, what he is trying to work inside of us? We see these things, truth, his word. But we also see in Galatians 5.23, it says, what is the fruit of the Holy Spirit and his work in our lives? Well, it should be these things. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and against such there is no law. And those who are in, who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And I love this. It says, if we live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. So as we walk in the Spirit, let me tell you, God is always working on my love. God is always working on my joy. He's always working on my peace, my long-suffering, my kindness, especially when someone cuts me off, um, goodness, faithfulness, and when I'm eating self-control in other areas as well. So I, we can all say that there is fruits where we can see that the Lord is constantly working on these things because that's the fruit of the Spirit. So he is always going to convict you of the things that are opposed to him. He always does that. That's opposed to the nature of what you are supposed to be like. I love that, um, this is a side note, but I always love 1 Corinthians 13 because it says, you know, love is, you know, all these things. Well, in 1 John it says God is love. So I've always re replaced John, 1 Corinthians uh, 13 instead of love is, I go God is. And I realize that these are the things that he's always working inside of us. That's his nature, his personhood. So the Holy Spirit is conforming us to be like Christ. And so when we see the fruits of the Spirit, those are the things he is wanting to work inside of all of us. So if you've ever wondered what he's trying to produce in you, these are these things. And it cannot be fully developed rightfully without him. You can find someone who doesn't know Jesus who's trying to work on self-control. And sometimes you can find really good people in the secular world that might have a somewhat of a fruit of the Spirit. But I can tell you, it will always have a different root, particularly mostly demonically, unless it is through the Holy Spirit. Um, it can only be rightly, rightfully fully developed in its wholeness and its rightfulness through the founding of the Holy Spirit. So thirdly, we come to spiritual gifts. Um, in life, we have natural gifts, whether it be sports, singing, dancing. Maybe you can wiggle your ears. Maybe you can tie a cherry stem with your tongue. That was really big when I was a kid. Um, and I remember I couldn't do it. Or that one thing with your tongue, you know, where you can, like, curl it. I can't do that. Um, that is a natural gift. But there's a difference between natural gifts and spiritual gifts. Um, natural gifts can wow us. Absolutely. Um, there's a difference. I'll, I'll take a singer. There's a, like, you can, you can probably name some great singers that truly wow you. Their voices are like off the chart. Um, but at the end of it, a lot of that points you to them. But I don't know if you have heard sometimes and sometimes small churches like these, someone come up and sing a special or sing something and it just moves you and it moves your spirit. And not only does it go, wow, that person moved, it moves you to God. And, and it really convicts you in your heart. And you go, man, there is something that attracts you to God. So our natural gifts often point to ourselves. Um, it's, they're still gifts from God, I, I truly believe. And they're gifts that God gives us to even be used for his glory. But spiritual gifts are gifts that God gives us once we're born again. They're gifts that God has given to you all to build the kingdom. 
Um, they're, they're those gifts that God gives you that people go, wow, look at God. And a lot of times we have been looking for our purpose and our plan in our life. And sometimes we haven't ever known that our spiritual gifts are a part of that calling in our lives um, that God wants to use. So spiritual gifts are developed once we are born again. They are, God, um, they are gifts God gives to us that he wants us to walk in. Sometimes they do come naturally to us. And sometimes it's something that we'll feel drawn to, and he wants us to grow in it. Um, spiritual gifts are gifts that God uses to transform people's lives when we use them. It's, um, and I use that example. Um, 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 6 says there are different spiritual gifts, but the same spirit that gives them. There are different ways of serving, and yet the same Lord is served. They are different types of work to do, but the same God that produces every gift in every person. So we know the Holy Spirit is giving these gifts to us. And what's awesome is that some of you are going to have similar gifts. Like we're going we're to do a spiritual test today so that you guys can know what your spiritual gifts are. But he gives, even though you, my mom might have a teaching gift and I might have a teaching gift. How God works that teaching gift out of our lives is going to look different. But it's the gift that God has given us. And it's and this is when I go, oh, God, you have given me this gift. I connect to him and I go, what did you give me this gift for? What's the intention of your heart with this gift? And so when you know what you are shaped to be, then you will know what you ought to be. And you can start focusing on what God wants to make use of in your life. There truly is no other you. There is. There is no other you. You know, formed and fashioned in your mother's womb by a holy God who put a purpose on your life. I mean, of course, he shed his blood for your sins. So if he shed his blood for your sins, why wouldn't he have a purpose for you? Because if you were worth keeping around, I mean, if if it was just salvation was the goal, as soon as you got saved, you just go up to heaven. I mean, isn't that the truth? That would be his greatest, that would be the epitome of your life. If you had nothing more for you to do in this life, then as soon as you said yes to Jesus, he'd go mission complete. And you'd go up. But obviously there is, if you have breath, we know that breath is given from the Father above. Every day that you have breath, doesn't matter how hard of the season that you have gone through in your life. There's some seasons for all of you that you woke up wishing that it was your last. There's been some seasons for you guys that you thought, God, I can't carry this burden anymore. There's been some seasons that some of us have felt like we've fallen away from the Lord and have needed to come back. But you know what? It says every day that you have woken up with breath, God had a purpose for you. And that he still has a plan, that he sees beyond what you see, and he sees beyond what you feel and what you can think, and that he says, this child of mine has a purpose in the earth. And so for you, if you feel disconnected from that, you will always feel aimless. You'll always go, you know, why am I still here? Why does God still have me around? And let me tell you, that's the mystery that God wants to solve. Because he needs you as he needs me. He needs each one of us. And each one of us might have a similar gifting. And some of us will have different giftings. But each one of them is needed for his kingdom to come. And that there's people in your life that need your gift. I need your gift. When I use my gift, it blesses you. When you use your gift, it blesses me. And together, we are building the kingdom together. And this is why I've always said, you know, um, and why I love about the Gideons, it's, it's that it's men in the marketplace. And um, I used, at IHOP Monday mornings, and I might have shared this, we would pray for the marketplace. And so we would, we would spend two hours just praying over people who are in the marketplace. And the Lord revealed to me, because I have always felt this calling to be in ministry, 
Um, and he said, Tiffany, when you preach on Sunday mornings, who do you preach to? And I thought, I don't preach to preachers. You know, this, I mean, all of you don't maybe have a church with a pulpit, you know? And he said, who do you preach to? And he said, you preach to the marketplace. Because you are those who go out into all the world and preach the good news. And I'll never forget that is because I realized that the people who spread the gospel, we always go, well, it's the pastors. It's you. It's you that are in the world. It is you that are going forth who have family members, who have people in your life that come into your life every day that you are called to be Christ to. And it can be the simplest of a smile. It can be the simplest of a good word or a word of encouragement. The Lord might lay something on your heart and go call that person. But you guys are just as much a part of the priesthood of Christ as we are. You are called to go out into all the world and preach the good news. And so this is why you need to know your spiritual gifts. Because maybe I have, I'm still learning my spiritual gifts as a minister. To walk in them so that I can also enable others who have spiritual gifts as well. And so um, today, this is, this is important because we are sons and daughters. We are, we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. And the, and the one thing that the enemy tries to keep from us all the time is our identity from, as sons and daughters. You know, those who look to Jesus, I love it, their faces are without shame and their faces are radiant. And so we have a relationship with Jesus that he wants us to walk in as his sons and daughters, as co-heirs with Christ. That we are seated with Christ in heavenly places where he is making intercession for us all the time. And so you have more power in you than anything else. Um, before We're about to take our test, but before this, I wanted to share this. And, and I, I want to borderline this because I thought... It just spoke to me, and I, I, I don't want to come off as something that would be heretical, so I, I want to be very careful. Um, I was listening to, I believe John, I was listening between John 3 and John 4, and when um, they were offended by Jesus using the word Abba, and um, when he prayed, and talking about him, well, talking about God being his father, you know, the Pharisees were like, That's, that was heretical to them, because they said, that makes you equal with God. And I thought, you know, what's interesting to me is that when God taught us to pray, he used the word father, which to them is like you're putting yourself on the same level as God. And, and it, it hit me and I was driving and I thought, Lord, not that we are, you know, I don't want to say we are like Jesus, we are gods, you know, what I mean, in the same aspect of Jesus being God and, and all that. But it hit me and I went, we are more powerful than we think. And that's what it hit me. I went, Lord, we are more powerful then we think the fact that you give us the ability to call you father, I went, it's a, it's a phrase I have mistaken, you know, of just being, oh yeah, he's my father. But the fact that he gives us the ability to call him father is that when the Pharisees saw it as him being equal with God, and he says, this is the prayer that you have to pray, our father, I went, he is basically inviting us into that relationship that as sons and daughters of the living God, you are more powerful than you think. The, word, the enemy is more scared of you than anything else. And so you, when you say our father, you, this is why you're important. You're uniquely you. But when you, you who are able by the Holy Spirit who cries out within us, Abba, Father, yes. and that we are adopted as sons and daughters of the living God, we are more powerful than we think. So you ought to know who you are. You ought to know who you are and walk in it. You've been given personality, talents, abilities, and spiritual gifts that all work together to make you uniquely you. 
So um, we're going to do a spiritual test. It's about 42 questions. And, um, and so we're going to just take time. And this is just to be fun. We have about 10 minutes left, and then I'll talk a little bit about it at the end um, but, and go over the gifts and all that stuff. But I thought, why not have, have a little fun today? So if you need a pen, let us know. There should be pens in your um, pew. And uh, yeah, so I'll give this, I'll turn on some music and just have fun. Okay, so real quick, I will explain to this. The spiritual assessment, it, sh it will have it at the top. Yes, um, it's a one to five, and you'll just circle it, and then you'll have to do some math. So if you need your phone or something, get it out. All right? Is there anyone who has taken a spiritual gift test before? No, this is exciting. Okay, awesome. Well, this is going to be a great day for you.